0: We are in our ninth message in this series, not number nine. Man, it, and I feel like it's flown by. I feel like we've just started it, but we are in number nine in this series, and we're going chapter by chapter in the book of Joshua, because I believe that the book of Joshua, we find some keys that help us move into more. How many of you want to move into more in your life? One-third of you. That is awesome. All right, let's bring it. Let me look look at me. Hey, look at me. All right, here we go. Listen, as a church... We're having Hills Intro in the back right now. We have 15 or 16 people that are back there right now that are learning the calling and the culture of the Hills and they're learning how they can get plugged in and connected. That's awesome, by the way. But here's what they're learning back there. They're learning that our calling as a church is to help each individual step into the life that Christ promised them and that's abundant life, not just get by. So I want y'all to know as the hills, that's what we do, okay? Like Popeye's chicken, they make good fried chicken, right? That's what they do. So we all should know this, so I'm going to start over, okay? How many of you want to move into more? There we go, baby. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. We do. And the book of Joshua gives us clear keys on how to move into more. You may feel like you've been wandering in the wilderness. You may feel like you're marching around Jericho. Whatever it is, wherever you are, we want to talk about how do you gain access to the destiny that God has for you. Our text has been Joshua 3 and 4 for every single, uh, every single message. And it says this, you have not passed this way before. In other words, you are entering uncharted territory, which is why we have titled this series Uncharted. There's no grid for it. So you're going to need to make sure that you're in the word, that you're following the Holy Spirit, that you're being led as you move into this new territory. I want to recap. Uh, if you missed some of the messages, I would recommend you going back and listening uh, to those on our website or our podcast and catch up. But I want to recap a little bit from last week because it's going to set us up to where we are today. Remember, last week we talked about the fact that Israel has been marching around Jericho for six days. And I called those the six days of silence where they're just marching around Jericho and they go around one time and then they go back home. And the army is quiet. The only thing you hear is the marching of feet and the, and the priests that are blowing the trumpets. All right, They march around and then they go back home. And then they get up the next day and they march around and they go back home. This happens for six days with nothing happened as April referred to the message last week. Not a brick moves. No dust happens. It's just silence. It's march around, go back home. Maybe you feel that way in your life. You feel like you're marching around the same thing over and over and over. And every day, it's the same dilemma. Just march around, go back home. March around, go back home. Here's how you make it during those mundane seasons. You put one foot in front of the other. That's how you do it. You believe and obey. Believe, obey. Believe, obey. Remember, last week we said faith and works is how faith works. I believe it. How many of you believe that He's promised you some things and if He promised you, you're going to have them? Raise your hand. You believe it? Do you believe enough to obey? I believe so much that I'm willing to put a foot in front of the other and just keep on walking. And every day requires a new step of obedience. Can I get an amen? Amen. Every day. Sometimes it feels like the exact same step you made yesterday. But it's not because it's in a new day. And you're closer to your seven than you were yesterday. Another way to make it through the six days of silence, first of all, how you make it is you believe and obey, believe and obey every day, believe and obey. The other way you make it through those six days is you remember there is a day seven. All right, let me just start, start right there. Y'all, this is what we've been wanting to get to right here. Y'all, y'all remember day seven? Remember when I started this series, I'm like, we're going to be going through the book of Joshua, beginning with chapter 1. You're like, man, get to 6 already, please. Get to chapter 6. That's where day 7 happens. I'm like, we're here now. This is where we are. All right, I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to clear your throat. Come on, look at them. If you don't know them, introduce yourself to them. If you fussed this morning, apologize to them, okay? Look at your neighbor. Come on, some of you aren't looking at your neighbor. Awkwardly stare at your neighbor right now. Clear your throat, throat. And I want you to say, day seven is coming. Hey, you just told somebody that that needed to hear that. So I want you to look at your other neighbor and apologize to them for not picking them first. Look at your other neighbor. All right, I'm sorry, but just tell them, say, the other person was insecure and I had to go to them first. All right, they've been battling and struggling. Come on, look at your other neighbor. Clear your throat. Come on, get a little Pentecostal right now. And I want you to say, baby. Baby. That was terrible. Look at your neighbor and say, baby. Baby. Seven is a coming. -coming. Wow. See, I was raised a Pentecostal preacher's boy in Mississippi. I'm going to tell you, right there, that's all we'd have needed. That would have been the end of church right there. Done. God bless y'all. See y'all at Shoney's. We are gone day seven. Matter of fact, that would have just been every single week. Number nine, we'd be in the ninth message. but Day seven. Gone. That's it. He said, what we're waiting on. Day seven. And now we're about to get into it, all right? Joshua 6 and 15. And on the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. Remember last week we talked about that. It just felt like the same thing. But this time, everybody say, but. But. And that's a big but, all right? But this time they went around the town seven times. And the seventh time around, the priests sounded the long blast on their horns. Now, we studied a couple of weeks ago that there was a certain blast that the priests were sounding during the six days. It was nine staccato blasts where, na, 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 I don't know if that's nine, but that's how it sounded, Okay. And then but this one is completely different and it's pronounced bring it up on the screens it's pronounced Takia Gadola I think I'm sure there's a in there somewhere because it's it's Jewish all right but this is a note that is extended as long as you can just with everything you got in you just everything that you have and it represents the fact that we're thanking God for His mercy, I'm going thankful for His mercy, we're thanking Him for His goodness, and thank God for His redemption. Amen. I want you to hear this. Do you have that note back there? I want you to hear what this would have sounded like, all right? Come on, you got to admit that does something to you, like right here. One more time. Let me hear it one more time. Come on. Ooh. This is also called the Jubilee Note. Everybody say Jubilee. Jubilee. The Jubilee Note. And as we said last week, Jubilee is that seventh year. And it was the year that God set aside. And every seven years, things were done differently. Things were just done differently. Uh, If you were a slave, you were set free. I could preach that, but I won't. It was also a year of blessing and favor where there was more. God blessed you with more so that you could let the land rest. But the one I really want to talk about today is that third element of Jubilee, and that was all the property was given back to its rightful owner. So in other words... If, if someone worked and were doing the best they could to make their note on their land, but something happened that they couldn't, whenever the, 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 the person that was loaning them the money would come and take over that land, and take them and most of the time turn them into a slave to work the land, that's how it worked until the seventh year. And then when that seventh year rolled around, that land was given back to its rightful owner. I want to ask you something. Is there something in your life that you feel like has been stolen from you? I'm not talking about something you gave away. I'm not talking about something you feel like is rightfully yours that the enemy has taken from you. It may be your marriage. It may be your kids. It may be your vocation, your calling. I don't know what it is for you. But I want to say to you that in this time of Jubilee... I believe that God wants to give you back what the enemy has stolen from you. Are y'all with me over here? Y'all good? Okay. I got you. I know you are. I want there to be an anger that rises up in us. That was mine. God promised me that. My kids are not going to be lost. My kids are not going to be hooked on drugs. My kids are not going to, my family is not going to be split apart. Come on, somebody, help me out. I'm not going to battle with depression and sadness and anxiety and fear. God gave me peace. It's mine. I'm talking about some people who get angry about that. That's the problem. We're not angry enough. All right, but we'll get back to that in just a minute. Now, here's the thing is that when we talk about this sounding, this note, that, uh, just loud as you can, with everything you got, that all sounds good when we read it in Joshua, right? Because we know what happens after the, the trumpet sounds. But you've got to remember, the Jubilee note signified that what God had promised them was going to be rightfully theirs. But they're on the outside of the walls. Yeah. Ten stories tall. Some theologians say that the walls were two chariots thick. You could chase, race chariots around the top of the wall. So we're not talking about like a little Nashville stone wall. You know what I mean? We're talking about big deal. And then if you can get over the wall or through the wall, there's people there, you know, that are living there. So think about the faith that it takes after six days of marching in silence to suddenly go, oh, signifying y'all living in our, our town. Some faith. I believe this is what it's gonna require for some of us to move into everything that God has for us, to have such a faith that what God promised us is going to come to pass that we'll step out on a limb and blow until our breath is gone. Why are y'all blowing your horn for? Because the city's ours. Yeah, but we're living here. Yeah, but God promised it to us. So I don't care who you are, how long you've been here, get your U-haul ready because y'all rolling out. Listen, if God has promised you something, it doesn't matter what is there, it doesn't matter who is there, it's yours. You just have to believe that. Verse 16 says, The seventh time around, as the priests sounded a long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for God has given you town. Now, there's some of you been waiting on this service right here. Y'all been, y'all been waiting on this one right here. All right, so good. We're here. Some of you have been worried about this one right here. We're here, all right? I want to ask you a question. Are you waiting on the wall to fall before you shout? How many of you have plans that when that thing comes to pass, you're going to give it everything you got? Raise your hand. When the job promotion comes through, you know, when you win that 400-something million dollars, whatever it was. One's 15, one's 400-something. I mean, if I got to pick one, I'll take the 400, you know, but if it's like you get a chance at both, okay, whatever, all right, just y'all going to hand it over, okay, whatever. What is it for you? What is that thing that you're waiting on? Man, when that happens, I'm going to give it everything I got. From deep down the side, I'm, I'm going to shout with everything that I got. What are you waiting on? Could it be that you're waiting on the walls to fall and the walls are waiting on you to shout? That shout signifies an action, something that you do. Matter of fact, I'll say this. I believe a lot of times we're waiting on God and God's waiting on us. Man, I just need God. Man, we need God to move. I already have. How many times do you hear, Lord, we just want you to come be with us? I am. Lord, just come do a work. Already done the work. That's why I said it is finished. Work is done. you waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. God, bring, bring. We, we speak against racism in this country. Well, that's great. But start, start treating someone like you would like to be treated. Oh, now. Well, yeah. God, we pray for Charlottesville. Yeah, but what about your neighbor? What about your neighbor? Just going to hang there for just a minute. Just let, it feel, let that settle in and get a little awkward, okay? Just a little. It's important. Because I think sometimes we get so focused on the sovereign move of God that God is saying, look, I left everything, I laid all of my authority, grandeur, and majesty down. I came and robed myself in flesh, was beaten like an animal, mutilated, hung on a cross. And at the very end, I said, it is finished so that you would know the work is done. I've ascended back to my father, sent the Holy Spirit. I was with you. Now I'm in you. Why? To give you power to do what I've called you to do. Listen, quit waiting on God. Do something. I walked in today with my suit coat on and my black shoes, and somebody said, uh-oh, we're going to get preached to today. No, it was the pants, I think, is what really set them up. No, I want you to understand, we want to get to the shout. We love the walls fall, and we get excited about that, not understanding that they didn't understand. They're in the middle of it looking at walls. But still shouting with faith. Shout before the walls come down. How many of you believe? How many believe? Do you believe that what he's promised you is going to be yours? Or do you believe enough to shout when everything is silent? Let's talk about the shout. I want to talk about why the shout. Why? Why the shout? And so for some of you, like I said, you've been waiting on this day because you were raised in a church that y'all love to shout, you know. Ah! Oh, some of you were raised where you don't say anything in church, all right? You be quiet, you come in, you sit down, maybe kneel, and you shut up unless you're told to sing something, Right? Wow. You come into a church like this or people are like, amen, and then talking and whatever. It is. All right, so I want to I take the first part of this, and I want to talk to those of you that were raised that you didn't do that kind of stuff, and I want to talk to you about why it's important that you're saying something, okay? Now, those of you that like to shout, I'll get to y'all in a minute, okay? We'll just cover everything. First of all, write down, saying it matters. Saying it matters, Something has to come out of your mouth. It has to come out of your mouth. But God, God knows my thoughts. But Yeah, He does, but He still said pray. Even though He knows your thoughts, still pray. Why? It needs to come out of your mouth. Husbands, can you imagine on your wedding day when the preacher goes through the vows and he says, and if you agree to this, just say, I do, and you just went. Or imagine her walking out like my wife did today, all just looking good with her earrings and gorgeous and and for the entire twenty years of your marriage you just look at her and go. No, at some point you got to say something. Right? Just in your mind. I love her so much. I love her so much. Tell her. It is important that you... I'm helping some husbands right now. I may be helping some wives right now. I don't know. You need to say something. Let it out of your mouth. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then He will save you. You can't just believe it in your heart and think it in your mind. It's got to come out of your mouth. You got to say something. Peter said, "You are the son of the living God." And Jesus said, "Because you said it, I'm going to build my house upon this rock." You know why I think God wants us to say it? Is because God says it. Think about it. In the beginning, and God thought let there be light. God intended for there to be light. No, God said, "Let there be like he doesn't just think it he says it you don't call this God's thoughts so thankful for God's intentions God's ponderings what do you call this his what his word the living breathing word He wants us to say things because he says things. And he doesn't just say it. This is my favorite part because God's also loud. Y'all know I like that, right? My wife says I'm the loudest human being on the earth, all right? Listen to this. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16 says, mainly when she's tired pre-coffee, okay? I just wanted to say that. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16 says, This is when he, this, how he started, what? how did he start? And God said, let there be. Look how it's all gonna end. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding, oh my goodness. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. In other words, God uses shouting and trumpets as well. Saying it matters. Open your mouth and say it. Speak it out. Saying it matters. Secondly, what you say matters. Your words create worlds. And God said, let there be. And he created everything that we see and even don't see out of his mouth. You don't like the world you're living in? Create a new one by what you start saying. I'm not sure what they shouted when the trumpet sounded and Joshua said, shout with everything you have. We're not really sure what they said, but I doubt it was words of doubt. I highly doubt it. I don't know if he's going to give us a city or not. I sure hope these walls don't fall on me. What you say matters. Shout. Why? Why? For he has given you the victory. You're not just shouting. You're shouting because of something. You're saying it because of something. Listen, this will change your mindset, your life right here. If you can change your mindset. I am shouting because of what he has already promised me. I don't feel free. I don't feel happy. But I believe that he's promised it for me. That there's joy in my life. So I'm going to keep on shouting. Saying it matters. What you say matters. How you say it matters. He said shout. And this may be more awkward for some than silence. You're know, talking about awkward silence. This may be more awkward for some of you. But I want you to get this. Because a shout symbolizes passion. Shout symbolizes something that's in you that you want out of you. How many of you, when you get angry, you whisper, I told you, I'm going to... No, you... When you love something or somebody, yeah! Those of you that have been to our boys' ball games, you know I'm loud. I am loud. And I'm going to be better on the refs this year. I've made a commitment. I'm going to be... I am. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be better on the refs unless coach looks at me and gives me the eye and then I'm letting them have it, Okay. But for the most part, I'm going to be nicer to the refs so the school will be all right, all right? But I'm still going to go crazy for my boys. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to still go crazy for Bryce. I'm going to go crazy for McNeil. I'm going to go crazy for Davis. I'm going to go crazy because I love it. I believe in them. I'm fired up about it. I watch Evan on the Internet just going nuts in the house. Woo! That's my boy right there. You can't guard him. Swing it! Get in the ball! My God, don't you see him open? Just fired up. Now, I'm gonna sound old school, but if I'm gonna do that in the gym, I'm not gonna stop it when I show up right here. I'm serious. Look, I know that's old school, but just cause it's old don't mean it's wrong, okay? How many of y'all heard your preacher say, y'all gonna go yell at the ball game, but you're gonna come here and be quiet. Right? Yeah, y'all know what I'm saying. No, what if we could get that same kind of passion about what God has promised us? How you say it matters. There's one guy that said, all this yelling, y'all know God's not deaf, right? And the other guy said, yeah, but he ain't nervous either, okay? He's got it. He's all right. Why the shout? I believe it because he wants everybody around you to know that you really believe it. It puts you out on a limb. It's not just eyes closed with a hand raised. It's like, yeah! Right? I also think the reason he wanted them to shout is he wanted their enemies to know. He wanted the people living in their town to know, y'all in trouble now. Because we've been obedient, God's promised it, and I know you're living here, but y'all can get ready to move on out because it's ours. Why you say it matters as well. Saying it matters, what you say matters, how you say it matters, and why you say it matters. Why do we shout? For he has given us the town. We shout because we believe it's already ours. I'm gonna tell you that will help you shout. Yeah. Spoke with a young man after our 9 a.m. service. Man, great 9 a.m. service, great crowd. Young man waiting on me when I walked off the stage, and he'd been battling with a cycle in his life. And he said, "He said, I just don't know. I just don't know if I can get it over it." I said, "Right there, that's got to change." That, that, that thought right there is the one that's got to shift. You got to say, God's blood, Jesus' blood is powerful enough that I can be set free. So that change? I don't know if I'll ever get out of debt. You got to change that. Right there, you got to go, okay, I believe that God wants me walking in freedom, so I'm going to start making choices today not to increase my debt load, all right? Does that make sense? I believe God wants me to have an overcoming, amazing marriage where we can't keep our hands or eyes off of each other. Uh, Amen. I believe that. I believe God wants our boys growing up in a healthy environment. I believe that. And so because of that, I'm going to act like it today. Verse 20. Now, look, we're skipping two verses, I believe. We stopped at 16. We're skipping 17, 18, and 19 today. All right. You know why? Because we're going to cover those next week. They, they take us away from this story just for a minute, so we're going to cover those next week. Some of y'all are like, well, I'm leaving the church now because you did not go verse by verse. We skipped a whole chapter our second weekend, so get over it, all right? We're going to come back. The reason we skipped chapter two is because we're coming back to it next week, all right? Man, I'm excited about it next week. I can't wait, all right? But I want to skip those few verses. You should study them, those few verses. You'll know what we're going to be preaching on next week. And I want to get to verse 20. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could. Why? Because they believed. Probably one of the most uh, talked about points in our entire nine weeks has been, we win. We win. Hashtag, we win. When you get that mindset in your mind, we win. It's done. We win. It's already been promised. It's ours. When you get that, you can shout even in the silence. And they shouted as long as they could. And suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed. And the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. They have found what they believe to be the city of Jericho. And what they're finding out now is the walls didn't crumble like this. They fell straight into the ground. You notice what the scripture says. They charged straight. It doesn't say they climbed over, clambered through. It's like God said, look, y'all been marching for 40 years. You've been circumcised. You've been marching around a town. You've done everything I've asked you." for you. I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you. The battle is the Lord's. They didn't use a battering ram. They didn't have ladders all they had was their faith in God and obedience to his word. And when they did that, God did his part. Listen to me. If we will do what God is telling us to do, God will do what he said he would do. I'm gonna say it again. If we will do what he's telling us to do, God will do what he said he would do. Your works are what activate that faith. Boom. Boom. And they charged straight through, ran into the town, and took over it. The victory is ours. Listen to me. The battle is the Lord's, but he shares the victory with us. I don't know about y'all, but if I did the work, like I'm keeping the credit, okay? Raise your hand. If I got an idea and it goes well, I'm going to let y'all know that was my idea. I, I came up with that one. If it's a flop, I'll probably say Kristen and I were talking the other day and she had this really idea. It was more her than me. But God's not that way. God, the battle is the Lord's, but he shares the victory with his kids. Look at your neighbor and say the victory is ours. You just need to act like it. Did you hear me? Standing on this side of the wall. Saying, the town is ours. God has already given us the town. So how do you do it here? You believe it. And you act like it. I believe the victory is mine. So I start acting like it. I start living like it. I start loving like it. I start talking like it. I start shouting like it. Serving like it. Giving like it. Because I'm already believing. I'm not serving and giving so I can get the town. I'm serving and giving and loving because he's already given it to me. It's mine. I'm not acting like a slave that has to work for it. I'm acting like a son that already has an inheritance. That's another series, I think. What wall are you facing today? What insurmountable... 10 story, two chariots thick wall, are you facing today? Because I know what some of you are facing. We've talked about it. Last week, we had people that confessed that they almost took their life last week. They thought about taking their life. Some of you are in all kinds, you're, you're nose, your nose is right up against the bricks on that wall. How many are facing that kind of wall today? Raise your hand. Like, I don't know how this is going to work out. Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. I have have no idea. I don't know how it's going to work out. I have no idea. I want you to start acting like it's already yours. Start acting like it, shouting like it, singing like it. When we get to the song, Great are you, Lord. You believe that. Even though it doesn't feel great right now on this side of the wall, you're believing that the greatness of your God has already given you the city. Close your eyes.